How's it going, guys? Jared Lopes back here with you on the Dad Tired Podcast. It's always so good to be with you. If you just stumbled upon the podcast for the first time, welcome. We are a bunch of guys all over the world who are trying to take our faith, our family, and our marriage very seriously. We're stumbling our way to spiritual leadership. We don't have it all figured out, but we're doing our best to fall in love with Jesus and to help our families do the same. If you resonate with that, if you want to be part of a community of guys, a movement of guys, really, who are um, getting after this stuff, we'd love to meet you and uh, support you in that journey. Come hang out with us. We've got a closed Facebook community, thousands of guys from all over the world. Um, you can do that by going to dadtire.com. Just click the community tab and it will link you directly over to that group. We also have some conferences coming up. So if you are in the Ohio area, we're going to be in the Toledo, Ohio area if you're near there, or you're going to be in Austin, Texas area. Um, we would love to have you come spend a day with us talking about what it looks like for the gospel to radically impact the way we see ourselves as men, the way we see ourselves as husbands and fathers and workers. Um, so we spend a whole day eating food together, talking about that stuff, meeting other guys who are like-minded in that way. Uh, you get a book out of it, you get some food and you'll get some, um, hopefully some inspiration and ideas on ways to just step up as the spiritual leader of your home. So literally, as I said, that's so weird. Uh, as I, as I was saying that, uh, my phone just alerted me that someone bought a ticket to that. That's bizarre. Uh, I would like to say that happens like every six seconds, but it doesn't. Um, <laughs> uh, but someone just bought a ticket to that. So anyway, I'll see that dude um, at one of the conferences, man. Thanks for buying. You can buy those tickets uh, by going to dadtired.com. Click the conferences tab and you can pick the one that's near you. If you want to host one of these, we'd love to come to your church. Um, there's a There's a tab on the website where you can just click over and uh, get in touch with us and we'll talk to you about what it looks like to host. If you have an event coming up or you're, you know of like a um, conference or something where you're looking for speakers, maybe your church is looking for a speaker for a men's event, men's breakfast, uh, just Sunday morning speaker or anything like that. Um, that's essentially what I spend most of my time doing is traveling around and speaking to men and to sometimes marriage groups and um, churches and all kinds of stuff like that. So you can get more information on that again uh, through the website. There's a speaking tab there along launch you over to that. Uh, today we're going to be talking about thought life, why our thought life matters. Um, we're going to dive into that subject, man. It's something that's been heavy on my heart the last week, and I'm excited to dive into it with you. Before we dive into that, though, I do want to thank my friends over at Songfinch for sponsoring this episode. Uh, Songfinch, super cool company, man. If you are looking for a way to like surprise your wife, in particular for you husbands who are listening, um, whether it's a wedding anniversary or maybe you're about to get married or a birthday, Mother's Day thing, Valentine's Day, Christmas, you just had a baby, like anything worth celebrating. If you're trying to figure out what would be a good gift, Songfinch is definitely uh, one of the best gifts that you can get for your wife. What they do is they put together um, personalized songs for you. Um, they kind of bring whatever stories you you have with your wife or you know a loved one or a child. Um, some feelings, memories, they, they bring all that to life through one-of-a-kind songs that they actually write for you. Um, they're songs, personalized songs, which is crazy. They start at just $99, and they're delivered to you within seven days. They've got a whole community of professional songwriters um, who make these hand-crafted, beautiful music songs for you. I'll, I'll play one for you in just a second here so you can listen to one that they did for me and my kids and my wife. But um, really, really powerful stuff if you're just looking for long-term memories. Uh, either for your kids or for your wife, uh, for any really special occasion, these things are going to be really, really good. Um, again, the personalized songs are going to start at just $99. They'll be delivered to you in seven days. They've got hundreds of musicians, professional musicians 
who uh, will work with you to come up with a personalized song. You get your own personal URL so you can actually hear what the songwriter is thinking as they wrote the song. You can listen to the song, download it, read the lyrics, all kinds of stuff. So when you use the promo code TIRED, T-I-R-E-D, TIRED, at checkout um, for a personalized song from scratch, you'll get $20 off. Again, to get $20 off a personalized song from scratch, Go to t go to songfinch.com and use the promo code tire t i r e d again to get twenty dollars off your personalized song from scratch. Go to songfinch.com use the personal promo code for you, dad tired listeners t i r e d. You can take a listen to this song that they wrote for my kids, and we'll dive into today's episode on thought life. I'm happy if I'm where you are. Googie Mama, Baby Sea Star, you have given my life purpose to live in service and follow my heart. May you always show your face with beauty and grace to strangers and family alike. Doing what's right, it's not easy at times. That song always gets me a little choke up, a little misty eyed. Uh, the the names that he was talking about in that song were the names, the goofy nicknames that we gave our kids uh, when they were just babies. And uh, anyway, it's real special. Um, thanks, Songfinch, for doing that. Again, you guys can go to songfinch.com and use the promo code TIRED to get $20 off that song or your song from scratch. They'll make one just for you, your kids, or your wife, or your whole family, or whatever you want to have them make a song for. Um, I should also mention this before we dive into today's episode about thought life and why thought life matters. Um, today, if you're listening on Monday, September 2nd, uh, which is the day this episode comes out, if you're listening today, today's the last day that you can get the pre-order to pre-order the book and to uh, be entered to win the cruise for two. And so if you have not pre-ordered the book as of today, by midnight, that contest will end. We will pick a winner and send two people for free on our dad tired cruise. Um, so anyway, Monday, September 2nd is the last day. <laughs> Go register for that. Uh, dadtired.com forward slash pre-order to get the book. If you're listening after that, you're not going to get the book, but you, or you're not going to get the cruise, but you can still get the book. Um, obviously, wherever books are sold, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Walmart, Target, Amazon, all the places, uh, you can go pick up the book, The Dad Tired and Loving It. But all right, let's dive into today's episode on um, Thought Life, Why It Matters. Here, here's the reason that it even, this subject even came up for me this week. I took Layla out on a date. Um, for those of you who are new listeners, Layla's my wife. Didn't take some random lady on a date. I uh, took Layla out on a date for the first time, honestly, that, and we've gone on a date in like weeks, if not maybe months. Like I hate to slack off on that. Um, but it's been a long time since we've like just had husband and wife date night. And so anyway, uh, we, we went out to dinner, man. We did, we love like happy hour dinner. We go out for real early, like three thirty, four 4 o'clock dinner. And, uh, and then we went and saw some spoken word poetry. Um, we originally were trying to see Jackie Hill Perry, who's uh, just a wonderful author and poet and her uh, husband is a poet. Anyway, there's, they've got, they're on tour right now called, uh, poets in autumn i'll link to that show notes in the show notes because they they're, they're doing these tours all over the u.s right now if you want to go to one i highly recommend it like we'll definitely point you to jesus really entertaining but also just like convicting um jesus gospel centered stuff it's it really makes for a great date night um 
and they're going like all over the country right now. So anyway, I will put the link to that in the show notes so you can maybe hit a tour. I have no connection with them, so I can't hook up any promo code, unfortunately. But um, when you get there, tell them Jared sent you. Maybe they'll, in the future, give us a promo code. (laughs) Uh, Anyway, so I took my wife out to dinner, early dinner, and we went to this um, Poets in Autumn spoken word poetry tour. And uh, there was one poet in particular. His name was Chris Webb, and he did a poet called Thought Life that was so powerful. It's like this 13-minute spoken word poem where he was really talking about how we as Christians kind of, the whole the whole premise of the poem is really the idea that as Christians, we get in the mindset that kind of our brain, our mind, our thought life is a playground where we can just, we have the freedom to kind of think whatever we want to think there because we know it's secret. Nobody's going to be listening. It's kind of just between me and and the brain. He does this whole like dialogue between him and his, his mind, uh, which is really fat. It's a really entertaining and uh, fascinating way of like putting this whole concept into real life. But essentially what he was trying to get at is the thought that our thoughts are really just this playground where we can do whatever we want. It's kind of free reign for us to think whatever we want because we're not really held responsible for them. And he kind of talked about the dangers of that. And out of all the things that were talked about that night, there's a lot of heavy things talked about that night, but of all the things, that one just really struck a chord with me. And I think the reason it did is because I, as a kid growing up in church, I've always kind of been under the impression, whether this is subconscious or consciously, I've lived under the impression that we don't really have to worry about our thought life because we can't control all of our thoughts. Um, right. So like you, all of us have been in situations where you're just like, you're like, feel like you're in a good headspace. You're thinking about Jesus. You're thinking about good things. You're like living right. You're thinking right. Uh, maybe you're playing with your kids or you're with your wife and like, everything's just going great. And then just out of nowhere, this just like ridiculous, sinful, wicked, terrible thought would just pop in your mind. Like, I don't even want to give you examples of the stuff that I'm talking about because it's just like, what in the world? Where did that come from? Like straight from the pits of hell, that thought just popped in my mind out of nowhere. Like what even triggered that? And I remember feeling convicted that about that as a kid. And I, I, I don't remember if I talked to like a pastor or youth pastor or whatever at the time talking about how these thoughts would pop up. And I remember kind of hearing in teachings, like, well, you're not, you're not, you have no control over that. You weren't trying to think about these bad things. You weren't trying to think about whatever wicked thing just popped in your mind. So, like, you can't, it's the action that matters, right? And we heard this a lot growing up in church. It's like, it's the action that matters. Um, Martin Luther has this quote where he says, You can't keep birds from flying over your head, but you can keep them from building a nest in your hair. And what's really interesting, I love that quote, but what's really interesting about that is it makes you start to wonder, and this is what that poem did for me on that night when I took my wife out to go see them at the, on this date night. What, what the poem did for me is really got me to thinking, at what point do we become responsible for our own thoughts? So I, if, you, if you kind of play this out, what I used to think is, well, I'm not responsible for that terrible or that wicked or that sinful thought that popped in my mind. And so, you know, I'm not going to feel guilty about it. I didn't, I wasn't trying to pursue that. But what happens is that is kind of the baseline, the foundation for how we start to believe uh, we're responsible for thoughts and for thought life. And then that foundation begins to snowball into the idea, into the justification of, well, now I can kind of think about anything I want because 
I'm not really responsible and I'm not hurting anyone and it's not turning into action where I'm like doing sinful things or I'm doing wrong things. Like it's just all up in my head. I can judge people in my head. I can curse people in my head. I can lust after women in my head. I can covet other people's stuff or lifestyle or peace or job or wife or whatever in my head. Like I can go wherever I want in my head and it's free reign. And the whole reason I give myself permission to do this is because I've convinced myself from the start, well, I'm not really responsible for what pops in my head. And so I guess I started to ask myself after listening to this poem, at what point do I become responsible for what I'm thinking and what I'm meditating on. Again, that quote from Martha and Luther, you, you can't keep a bird from flying over your head. That's kind of, you don't have control of that, but you can keep that bird from building a nest in your hair. And that's really where the fine line is. It's like, at what point do I have some responsibility here when it comes to being a servant and a follower of Jesus? At what point am I, have I crossed over the line of, yeah, I didn't have control of that. And now it is, well, I'm responsible because I've started to let the bird build its nest. I think a lot of us have convinced ourselves that we're doing okay, or even that we're righteous because our actions aren't more sinful than the next guy. But I think Jesus would call us. He would call us out just like he called those out who he was teaching and say, it doesn't matter how much you look clean on the inside, what you eat, how you wash your hands, what you do, what matters is what's going on inside of you. We have been working as men, like we work really hard at controlling our actions and our behavior. We work really hard not to like, don't look at porn and don't cuss and don't lose your temper and make sure you're loving your wife and pursuing your wife and, you know, keeping your stuff together and working hard to provide for your family and all this stuff. And we've convinced ourselves that our righteousness is actually based on all these actions that we're doing. And what we've forgotten is that real righteousness actually starts in the heart and mind. And so I guess what I'm feeling for myself and what I would want to tell you is like, let's not deceive ourselves into thinking that transformation or righteousness is just good behavior. Transformation and righteousness is actually a renewal of our mind. Righteousness doesn't just start with good actions. Righteousness actually starts with a transformed mind. Listen to what it says in Colossians 3. It says, set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died and your life is now hidden in Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. Put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to the earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Or as Paul says in Romans, uh, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Listen to the second part of this verse, because we know most of us know that verse. Listen to what he goes on to say. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. Super fascinating that Paul said, do you want to be transformed? Like, do you want to no longer conform to the pattern of this world? He didn't say, we'll start acting better. We'll stop doing these 10 things or start doing this. Instead, he said, be transformed by the renewing of our mind so that you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, 
pleasing and perfect will. Man, how many of us have said like, man, I just wish I knew God's will for my life. I just wish like God would speak to me. I just wish uh, I knew what direction God wanted me to take with my job or with my career or with my family or whatever. Like Paul would say, you want to know what God's will is? You want to be able to test and approve and to discern what God's will is in your life? Like be transformed by the renewing of your mind. We know Jesus was always talking about like, listen, you've heard it said, don't commit adultery or don't murder. But he says, if you've hated somebody in your mind, if you've hated somebody in your heart, listen, heart, mind, like there's all kinds of theological thoughts on difference between heart, mind, and soul. But listen, what Jesus is saying is internally, like not just all the external things, but internally, if you've hated, you've already committed murder. If you've lusted, you've already committed adultery. Thoughts to Jesus matter. Like they were a really, really big deal to Jesus. The things that you are processing internally matter. And for some reason, I've convinced myself, and I think a lot of us dudes have convinced ourselves, well, I'm living a pretty good life. Like I'm, I'm being pretty moral. I'm like trying to step up as the leader of my family. I'm listening to podcasts like the Dad Tired Podcast. You know, I'm listening to Caleb or I'm donating. Or I'm like, I'm trying to read my Bible and all this stuff. And this, what sneaks in is, yeah, I'm starting to become righteous because I'm not doing, I'm not cheating on my wife. I didn't kill a dude. Jesus would say, listen, great, cool. But what actually matters is what's going on deep inside your heart. Your mind, your thoughts are not a free reign playground to do whatever you want. Jesus actually wants to redeem that too. His kingdom come, his will be done in that. And it's not just that too. It's God actually wants to start there because he says that's what overflows into everything else. And man, how quickly do we deceive ourselves and to think, I'm going to start with my actions and my behavior. I'm going to kind of get my act together and hope that my mind starts to change. Jesus would say, do you really want to change? Do you really want to be righteous? Then let's be transformed by the renewing of your mind. And so I guess this is what it means for us practically like brothers. What this means is, bro, you, you cannot stop that bird from flying over your head for sure. Like there are going to be times where some weird wicked, evil thoughts pop in your mind. But bro, I think we are responsible for not letting that bird build a nest there. Like I think there becomes a point where you say, I am a man of God and I will not think about and I will not meditate on the things of this world. I will be conscious and responsible for the things that I let inside my brain. Like bro, you you don't want a bird to build a nest in your hair. Like stop going to the bird farm. (laughs) Are the, are the things of bird farms? I don't. I don't think that's a thing. Stop going to the zoo and walking in the bird cage and letting you know getting stuff, birds flying all over your head on purpose. Here's what I mean by that, because some of you are like, bro, what the heck are you talking about right now? <laughs> I've never heard of a bird farm. I've never been to a zoo where birds were flying over my head. Here, that uh, that failed in my analogy there. Here's the point. There's times where I'm just walking around and birds are flying over. I didn't, I didn't expect there to be birds. And then there's sometimes I put myself in the cage where I know that there's going to be birds. Here's what I mean very practically. There are things that you know are going to contribute to the degrading of your mind when it comes to righteous thinking. There are shows that you're watching that you know will not allow you to become more like Jesus, to be the husband and father and man that God is calling you to be. And yet you step into the cage and you let those birds fly all around. You say, hey, I'm, I'm not really doing anything with it. But bro, you're, you're, you're standing in the cage letting the birds fly around. Some of them are going to land and start to build a nest in your thinking. 
some of you say, well, I, I, you know, I just, I'm going to listen to this kind of music, but I'm, I'm like real guilty of this. I'm just going to listen to this kind of music. I'm going to watch this kind of show. I'm just going to like look at this particular thing. I'm just going to be here on Instagram or on Facebook or whatever. Like I'm going to do whatever. Like what we're doing is we're actually putting ourselves in the cage and then getting mad that the birds are building a nest or acting like we don't have responsibility that the birds are trying to build the nest in our hair. I hope that you're not losing what I'm trying to say in the analogy. We cannot put ourselves in situations where we know that it's going to contribute to pulling us away from righteous thinking and then say, well, I don't have any responsibility for the things I think, bro. Like stop putting ourselves, let's stop putting ourselves in situations where the enemy has a playground to throw things at us and then to really let that bird build its nest, to ruminate, to meditate, to think on these things. As Philippians would say, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent and praiseworthy, think about such things. Like, let's just ask ourselves, When I'm about to look at something, when I'm about to let my eyes and my ears be exposed to certain things, is this true and noble and right and pure and lovely and admirable? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Does this thing give God glory? Does it allow me not to be just righteous in deed, but righteous in my thoughts? This is kind of the standard that I believe God's calling us to. Our minds are not free reign territory. Our thoughts are not a free reign playground where we can just let loose because nobody's thinking and nobody's seen and it's not really affecting the actions of my life. Jesus would say, I don't just want your actions. I actually want your heart. This is powerful stuff, man. I truly believe uh, and just felt convicted by the Holy Spirit this week that uh, Jared, it doesn't matter. Like you you may be fooling everybody on the outside. Your hands look real clean because you've washed them real well. Your clothes look real clean because you've washed them real well. Everything on the outside might look put together, but Jesus would say, what's going on in your heart? Like what are the things that are meditating on? And that's, you don't have the freedom to just think and do whatever you want. Righteousness isn't just about actions. Righteousness means that we are being transformed by the renewing of our mind. I hope that's helpful for you. I hope that made sense. Uh, I feel like I kind of rambled my way through that, but I love you guys. Would love to hear your thoughts on this. I'm always hanging out uh, over on the Dad Tired group or on uh, Instagram is a good way to get a hold of me, but would love to hear your thoughts on this. Let's do some, have some discussions on this this week over the Dad Tired group. I love you guys. I'll see you next week. Later.